0: From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. This is Chuck Quirmbach. Let's call this the What's the Next Big Thing uh, edition of Capital Notes.
1: Oh, good. Thanks for having me.
0: So last week's Supreme Court election, Janet Protasiewicz wins pretty handily. What's next for the court? It'll be a while before Protasiewicz takes office. Do we have any idea of what else the, the court might be doing in the next few months?
1: You know, there are some interesting cases that are still haven't been released, the decisions yet. For example, there's one about a patient whose family tried to force a hospital to administer Invermectin while he was fighting COVID-19. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But Really, we're kind of on a timeline now where most of the big decisions will be out by sometime in June or July, uh, per se, which will take office August 1st, and then we'll transition to this new liberal majority. The big question is, when do the lawsuits start coming uh, from Democrats over various things? We assume, or we've actually seen talk of a lawsuit within days of her taking office to challenge the current maps we have for legislative boundaries. Will there be lawsuits challenging Act 10 or right to work? That remains to be seen. But the one I think we're counting on right now is there's going to be a lawsuit over the legislative boundaries. And the question becomes, how quickly can the court move on that? There are some people I've talked to last few days who kind of think that maybe it'd be tough to get new maps in place by the spring of 2024. Others I've talked to said, no, it's not that hard. Uh, If you think about the maps we now have in place, remember, there's a lawsuit that was filed because Evers and lawmakers, Republican lawmakers, couldn't agree on a map. So the Supreme Court really got going in late fall of 2021. Uh, the first map that they put in place or picked was Governor Evers' maps for the legislature and the Congress, both of them based on a least change approach, the ones that Republicans drew in 2011. But those are picked in March. The U.S. Supreme Court stepped in and said, no, those maps are... For the legislature are not going to work, didn't touch the congressional ones, and the court picked a new set of maps by April. So there's time, and I'm sure as I talked to people last week, Republicans will try every step they can to try and delay everything to get to a point where they say, look, we can't, there's no yet to map done before the elections because they like these lines, right? They, they basically drew them.
0: Yeah. Is it your understanding any challenge to the district lines would start at a circuit court uh, level in the state?
1: Well, there are options. I mean, you can always ask the Supreme Court to take original action in anything. So will they do that?
0: Well, meanwhile, we've got this other lawsuit uh, that's been going on for eight months or so. The uh, Democrats challenge to the 1849 law banning almost all abortions in Wisconsin. Looks like it'll be a while before the state Supreme Court gets set. But there is other action coming up, is there not?
1: Yeah, there are all arguments in Dane County Circuit Court in May. We don't know exactly when we'll have a decision from the circuit court level. Then again, it becomes a timing issue. When will the Supreme Court get this case, right? Will we go to the appeals court first? Will there be, you know, arguments there, uh, usually via briefs? So it's more than likely this is going to take a while to get up to the state Supreme Court. And the question, one of the big questions, will it decide this case before the next round of elections in 2024? Because it's obviously, abortion become a very potent issue for Democrats. Uh, will it take it off the table if, if and when the state Supreme Court issues a ruling and the abortion ban? And two, what might that decision look like? So remember, we've had a couple of laws that have been approved since 1849 on abortion. Uh, one of them is actually a ban on abortions after 20 weeks. Scott Walker signed and he's governor in 2015. So one question people I talk to have is, would the Supreme Court throw out the 1849 ban but leave in place that 2015 law? And talking to Republicans, they'd love to see that scenario because they realize they're in a box on abortion Legislatively speaking, they don't agree on how to proceed. There are Republicans who believe that uh, abortion is a losing issue for them right now and that their best bet is to uh, get out of it, add exceptions for rape and incest, make some changes to the 1849 law and try and uh, soften their image on it. There are other Republicans who know it's not a political, politically a good thing for them, but morally speaking, believe that the 1849 ban is what they want to have. They don't want to allow exceptions for rape or incest. They, they really don't believe that those things should be allowed. So... Republicans on their own cannot get out of this box. Their hope is for this, the courts to do it for them. What's that going to look like? And, oh, by the way, depending on how that, what the decisions come out, um, we'll be talking about when you can have an abortion or whether you can have an abortion in Wisconsin. Because Republicans know if we're talking about whether you can have an abortion, Democrats have the upper hand in that discussion.
0: Okay, so another uh, key election last week was in the Milwaukee area where Republican Dan Canodal, state representative, Won a close race over Jody Habish Sinikin in Senate District 8 to replace the retired Senator, Republican Senator Alberta Darling. Now the uh, Republican supermajority, two thirds majority in that chamber is locked in. Now, what are they going to do with this power?
1: Good question. I mean, the first thing that people kind of pointed to was they can um, now impeach public officials. Now, there are a couple of catches of that though. Number one, we don't really define what officials can be impeached in Wisconsin, so there, you know, there's some assumptions that the courts would say that a, a governor, for example, or attorney general, those could be could be impeached, but doesn't apply to judges, district attorneys, supreme court justices. You know, that's a little bit more of an interpretation. Number two, the impeachment powers to impeach somebody, you're supposed to do it for either corrupt conduct in office or for the commission of a crime or misdemeanor. It's not supposed to be just because you don't like how they rule on something or because of their political positions. So what would happen if they went after New Justice Janet Prosiewicz, right? She hasn't even been in the Supreme Court yet. So how can you argue she's been corrupt in court, right? Um, Dan Canodal, who won that race for the 8th uh, Senate District, he talked about how he's interested in looking at Milwaukee Circuit Court judges, arguing that he believes that they've uh, too many of them have allowed light sentences or people out in no, little or no bail and that has created a safety issue for his community because people are you know, being released in Milwaukee County and committing egregious crimes in his county, Waukesha County, that he can't vote against those folks as a constituent. So this is the one power for his constituents to push back what's happening in Milwaukee County. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if that meets the threshold for corruption in office or other things. So that would if they tried to go after court judges. That would probably end up being a court fight. Uh, two, we actually have a separate process in Wisconsin law for the removal of judges and justices. Requires two-thirds votes in both houses. Impeachment is a majority vote in the assembly, then a trial in the Senate with two-thirds vote required for conviction. Uh, Devin LeMahieu, the Senate Major leader, told reporters last week that no, they're not going to use this just kind of willy-nilly and go after and do anything they they disagree with. He kind of pumped the brakes the idea of the state Senate really convicting a lot of people in impeachment proceedings. There's no guarantee they'll go after anybody. Oh, by the way, to get a conviction in the Senate, you'd have to have all 22 Republicans stick together. There might be a few of them who have a little bit of an issue with doing something like this, because you could argue that um, removing people from office in counties that aren't your own is like usurping democracy.
0: Yeah, the word uh, firestorm comes to mind if there would be an attempt Meanwhile, they, they, I mean, they're supposed to be getting along with the Democrats, the governor's office anyway, on the item called the state budget, uh, which had its uh, first joint finance committee hearing last week in Waukesha, and I guess there was a lot of talk about shared revenue and education funding, uh, more uh, joint finance committee hearings this week. Uh, where do things stand? What are the key points right now?
1: So we're going to get through these public hearings the next couple of weeks, uh, the co-chairs have told us they expect to do their first votes on the budget in early May. One thing we can expect is a rather large motion that would strip all the policy items out of the budget that Governor Evers proposed. It's kind of symbolic um, to say we're not doing these things. Now, it doesn't mean they can't bring them back. And as they go through the process, they'll have the option to bring back things Evers proposed. But they want to say that no policy in the budget. Then we will have votes the month of May into early June. The question is, can they get something done that's an agreement with Evers um, that everybody can be happy with? Or they try and push a budget through both houses sometime this summer that Evers hasn't signed off on and just go ahead and take their chance with the veto pen, right? There are a lot of big issues to figure out. Uh, shared revenue, if they're going to use a portion of the sales tax for shared revenue. If so, uh, how that money be divided up. Will it be restrictions on how the money is spent? Uh, Milwaukee County, uh, Milwaukee, the city. Are there going to be special sales tax To help them, they have a pension problem, and there is a fiscal cliff approaching rapidly for those communities. People in the capital know that without additional aid, Milwaukee is going to be in trouble. The question is how much are they willing to do for them, um, and will it fix the problem? So we'll see how that plays out. What about for everybody else in the state? Will they also be more shared revenue for them? It doesn't look like there are going to be any additional sales taxes for other communities. Like Milwaukee looks like the only ones they're willing to play for, but that's a big thing. The brewers and the aid for the stadium, will the board oversees the stadium. Is that gonna happen? In a separate bill now? And taxes. What are the big tax cuts? Are they, they gonna follow the Evers model? It's something more modest or more aggressive? That's a big thing. And education funding. Really to me, those are the big things to watch. And education funding is the biggest thing probably for Evers because that's his main priority. So if Republicans have enough education aid in that budget, he might sign a more aggressive tax cut than what he wants. But if there's not enough education money in there, and if it really goes too far, that's why might where you maybe where you might see the governor actually going to take the step of vetoing an entire budget, which he's threatened before, hasn't done so far in his term in office.
0: Yeah, you mentioned one of the things uh, apparently being delayed from the main budget is the stadium, baseball stadium issue. It comes as I was just listening on Sunday afternoon, and the Brewers are off to a fine start, but it uh, sounds like the legislature will take its time on that.
1: Yeah. And if you do it outside the budget, it makes it a, a tough sell in some ways, because if it's in the budget, if you're a conservative Republican outstate and those ones are here that have the most problems with it so far, you're kind of going, okay, what's my incentive to vote for this help for a stadium that's way far away from my district. If it's in the budget, you can pair it with tax cuts or other things that make you happy. You can say, okay, I can swallow this because X, Y, and Z is happening. So I'm okay with the bill overall. Taking it out, makes it a little more tricky. Taking out also means that whatever you pass, Evers can't, likely is not going to be able to veto with his partial veto authority. So remember, any bill that spends money, the governor can use his partial veto authority to rewrite language in it. If there's funding in the budget for the brewers, but the policy of how it would be done and divvied out in a separate bill, Evers can't rework those provisions, right?
0: Okay, finally, one more quick thing. Uh, last week, I overheard uh, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin tell Channel 12 in Milwaukee that this week, she would have more to say about her plans for 2024. Uh, since that time, she has announced a delivering for Wisconsin tour. Uh, not quite a campaign announcement, but consistent with what you expect, that she will run again?
1: I try not to be surprised in politics, but no matter what happens, if Tanya doesn't run for a third term, I would be shocked. Like, shocked beyond belief, because she has been a great fundraiser. She's in a good position when reelection. election um, she's being counted on to run again in a purple state in a presidential year. So all signs have pointed to her gearing up for election I see nothing so far that tells me she's not going to run for a third term in 2024.
0: Well, you and Mayan next week will get to talk more about her uh, thoughts and uh, words and then other items. So thanks very much for this one. Anytime. Thanks. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Kornbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.